Welcome, my friends, to the Bob and Brad podcast. My name is Mike Keenitz, and today I'm interviewing Jordan, who has a master's degree in nutrition, and she's also a personal trainer. And today we are going to be talking about sugar, artificial sweeteners, as well as sugar alcohols a little bit. We'll talk about the effects on the body and how to know what you're actually digesting, because those food labels can be quite confusing. So without further ado, here's Jordan. Well, welcome back to the program, Jordan. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Today we're going to talk about sugar and artificial sweeteners. So we have lots of questions to get through. So I'm just going to dive into it right away. Sounds so good. can you briefly explain the role of sugar in our diet and its impact on health? Sure. So I'll kind of just, this will just give everybody kind of a general overview of what we're talking about here. I think generally most people know what sugar is, but just to kind of provide a little clarification, um, it is a form of carbohydrates and like all carbohydrates and different forms of them, they provide a source of energy in our diet. Okay. However, the difference between sugar and other sources of carbohydrates, they don't, con- it, sugar doesn't contain other nutrients like vitamins and minerals. It's just pure carbohydrates. Okay. Um, there are tons of different types of sugars. Um, and the majority of sugar in the American diet is coming from added sugar, um, which is sucrose. Okay. Our body takes sucrose like in table sugar or any processed foods you eat with added sugar and breaks them, um, down into glucose as a form of energy our body can use. Um, our diets, the problem is our diets are filled with, uh, way too much of it. I don't think that's probably a mystery. I think at least most people know that um, that is the case. So really, we're going to focus our conversation on like all of those added sugars. But I also want people to be aware that there are natural forms of sugar too in fruit, um, so fructose. And then there's also um, natural forms of sugar in dairy products. Now, I'm not going to put those in the same category as added sugars in our conversation today. Okay. Um, in terms of the role it plays in our health, well, first of all, we're, it's on average, I'm not talking about every single person, not you, Mike, but most Americans are consuming up to 17 teaspoons of sugar every day. Some people more, some people less, but that's kind of the nationwide average. And that's about two to three times the amount um, that's rec- recommended. And I would honestly probably argue um being a nutritionist, that the amount that's recommended is even still too high. But, um, and the numbers that we're seeing as far as sugar consumption are continuing to increase year over year. Um, and it causes a host of issues, um, obesity it's linked to, diabetes, inflammation, uh, tooth decay, and a host of other issues that we'll probably expand more upon later, but that's just kind of um, general overview. Yeah, it's a highly available, cheap uh, substance to put in food. So it's pretty cost effective. So that's why it's used so often. And it tastes great. It's nice and addictive, too. So food manufacturers (laughs) are smart. Yeah, it's very palatable. Yeah. So next question we touched on a little bit. What are the key differences between natural sugars found in fruits and honey and added sugars like in processed foods? Well, one thing I want to clarify is sugar is sugar. Okay. A lot of times people will think, well, if it's natural, then it's completely fine. Like honey's natural, right? It comes from bees. I can eat as much of that as I want. Um, I want people to understand that it's still sugar in the body and it is a source of added sugar in our diet. So to be mindful of that, but there are some key um, differences. So 
One huge difference I want to talk about first is like sugar found in fruit um, compared to like, you know, your table sugar or added sugar. So the big main difference is the sugar that you find in fruit that's accompanied by vitamins, minerals, fiber. So the way our body utilizes that and digests it and processes it and metabolizes it is completely different than table sugar. We're not going to get this massive insulin spike. Like if we eat, name, give me a processed crappy food. Like, uh, like a Oreo Gummy cookie. bears. Thank you. Gummy bears. I like that better because that's just pure sugar. I'm trying to think of something pure sugar wise. So as compared to eating an apple, because an apple is going to be accompanied by fiber, lots of different vitamins and minerals. So it's going to, our body's going to take longer for that to digest. It's not just going to cause this immediate blood sugar spike. So the way our body utilizes it is completely different. So you cannot compare uh, sugar and fruit to sugar in gummy bears or other added sugar products. Um, however, I do want to differentiate that fruit juice, even though if it's 100% fruit, I don't care, that is going to act the same way as eating some gummy bears. Okay. Arguably worse because you can drink way more of it than you can actually consume. So um, anyways, and then regular table sugar doesn't have any health benefits to go along with it like fruit does. Okay. Um, so that kind of addresses the fruit um, question. As far as honey goes, um, as I mentioned, that's still sugar, um, but it's a, you know, it's at least a less processed form and a very recognizable form for our body to utilize. And there are some compounds in it that are beneficial, but I want people to know it's still a contributor of added sugar in the diet and therefore should be limited. But overall, I, I personally feel it's a better choice than just pure, um, you know, table sugar. Um, cause it doesn't go through the, the processing and everything like, um, like regular sugar does. Um, so I don't, I think that kind of answered it as far as fruits and honey. I think those are the main two you had asked about. Yeah. Is there, so how much of fruit sugar and honey is actually sucralose? Isn't there a combination of what type of sugars they are? Sucralose. So sucralose is an artificial sweetener. Are you talking about sucrose? Sucrose. Sorry. They sound so similar. I no, no, I know. There's, well, oh, there's so many different names of, of sugar. It gets super confusing. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I don't have the exact percentages in front of me, but there is a different composition between the two of those. I just, is, I can't isn't it fructose and sucrose is Correct. what in fruit. Okay. That's what I thought. Yes. Yep. And fructose in its pure form, um, real bad, like by itself, like in corn syrup, really, oh, that's, sure. like, that's like the evil of all evils of, in terms of the sugar world. That's even Your a bigger fructose. effect on blood sugar than normal sugar, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. And a pretty, pretty strong, uh, link in correlation to like developing fatty liver disease with too much of that. So, so are there any health benefits to consuming natural sugars in moderation? So, I mean, that's a loaded question. Because, <laughs> I like loaded questions. <laughs> um, you know, the, sh the short answer, I probably could say like, yes. Um, but it truly depends on the person and your health goals. Like, am I talking to a diabetic here or am I talking to a marathon runner? Like very different conversations to be had. Um, but for most people, like, uh, you know, the natural sugars found in fruit 
are totally fine as long as we're not eating, you know, 10 bananas a day. If we're having a modest amount of fruit and we're, it's part of a balanced whole food diet and, you know, we're combining it with protein and healthy fats, I think there's a ton of health benefits and there's tons of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and all sorts of great things um, that come alongside of consuming fruit. Sometimes fruit can get such a, it can get a bad rap um, in the world of nutrition. Um, you know, when we started talking about carbohydrates as being like such an enemy and everything, like that's not the case for everybody. And depending upon the person's goals, um, it's a, it can be a really great thing. So yes, ton of health benefits there. Um, the other thing too is natural um, sugars found in dairy products can also provide health benefits, assuming that person doesn't have an intolerance or allergy to dairy products because that is definitely a common problem in today's world. But let's just say somebody um, can tolerate dairy products very well. Um, there's some great benefit when you're looking at, you know, plain unsweetened varieties of dairy products. For example, um, plain organic full fat unsweetened yogurt can be a really good healthy source and provide us with a lot of nutrients um, without all of the added sugar. So you're the, the big key with, with dairy is making sure that you're purchasing plain, like in its whole form, not anything added. Um, there is going to be some natural sugar in there from the lactose, but it's not the added sugars. So just being able to differentiate, differentiate the two when you're, when you're shopping, um, is huge. Yeah. If you've never had it, it kind of tastes like sour cream. <laughs> just, yeah. If you put uh, some fruit in there or maybe honey or protein yes. powder or something, it, it definitely, yeah. It, I use it more of a base. I don't like to eat it plain. It just tastes like sour cream. No, unless you're wanting sour cream, like great. If yeah. you're wanting to put, put it on your, you know, tacos or something like that, but um, it's not, yeah, it's not super tasty on its own, but you're still, 10 times better off buying that kind and then putting your own stuff in it. Cause you can control then um, how much sugar you're putting in. And when you're buying it, like a strawberry yogurt, go, go flip that over and check out the added sugar. Sometime you'd be floored. Might as well just drink a pop. Um, th there's so much sugar. So you're way better off just adding your own. Yeah. Majority of uh, sweetened yogurts or even kefirs, which is like a yogurt like drink is a, uh... Typically has tons of added sugar. And yeah. there's a few like newer with artificial sweeteners, which we'll get into later in this podcast, but yes. Oh, and then also we could touch on this. I don't know your opinion on full fat versus fat-free dairy products, but I'll give my insight on it anyways. Um, I think you're way better off buying full fat dairy products versus the fat-free counterpart because what happens in food manufacturing, dairy naturally has fat in it, right? If you take it out, tastes like garbage. So they have to put something to make it taste good and it's going to be sugar. So you're going to have more sugar in like your fat-free yogurt compared to your just plain full fat variety as it's found in nature. So, um, I personally would rather have more healthy fats in my diet than sugar. So that's you know my what? two cents on that. I think a lot of milk is like that too. There's less calories, but the carbohydrate count goes up and the fat count goes down. Yep. And the fats actually slow down the digestion of the sugars. So, okay. So, how can people identify hidden sugars in processed food, considering they may not always be labeled as sugar? Well, uh, 
get educated because there are over 50, I think like 56 50. different names for sugar. There might be more, um, but we'll just call it over 50. I am not going to sit and rattle off all the different names, but um, I, I think the biggest thing is to be able to interpret your food labels. So first of all, before you purchase anything, I'm always a big fan, flip it over check out the ingredients. Like, do you recognize things in there? If there's some weird thing that you can't pronounce, or you don't know what it is, it could be sugar because there's a lot of crazy names for it, but then also looking at the nutrition facts for added sugars. But, um, so again, I'm not going to rattle off all these names to you, but I'm going to give you a few maybe that are a little bit more common or just things you can watch for. Um, but you can find a list online, easy to Google. Um, but high fructose corn syrup, that's sugar, probably arguably one of our worst, most highly processed forms of sugar. Um, also just regular corn syrup. Um, beet sugar, which for some people can sound nice, like, oh, it comes from vegetables. No, it's, it's just sugar. Um, dextrin, maltodextrin. Those are really common and those are sugar. Um, agave syrup, blackstrap molasses, malt syrup, brown rice syrup is another common one you'll see. Um, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think I just rattled off maybe six names. There's, again, there's well over 50 um, that you need to watch out for. So the main point with this is you just need to understand it's not always just cut and dry. You flip over your label and it just says sugar. Sometimes there's, there's some hidden names for it. So um, just to be aware of that and eating foods with ingredients you can pronounce is, is just a good rule of thumb in the nutrition world. And that should clear up, you know, you getting deceived by some other form or name of sugar. Yeah. The, uh, if you're wondering where to find added sugars on the nutrition label, it's under sugars and then below it, say if it's dairy or something, say it says 10, but then below it, you'll see added sugar. And if that says like six, that means it added more sugar to it. Correct. Um, yep. So it's two different numbers because there could be sugar naturally in a food product, you know, like it says dairy or fruit or other things in it or a carbohydrate source. But right. um, yeah, the added sugar is below that normally. That's that's really common too in like dried fruits. Um, there where, you know, some, some are great um, as long as, the ingredients say, you know, if you're having mangoes and they just have mangoes, right, in the ingredients. But that's what another place you would find that is looking at the sugar content. It's going to be high, but that's naturally occurring. And then under it is where you'd want to see if they added extra in. So, very, yeah, very common in the dried fruit world as well. Uh, they do that in canned fruit, too. Um, yeah. You have to look for, like, unsweetened or even apple sauces or sauces like that. Um, yeah. If you see in the front it says unsweetened, it normally means it didn't add any extra sugar to make it sweeter you can see that too in like um different protein bars or energy bars that might have like dates to sweeten it um like i eat um rx bars on occasion and those don't actually well some of the flavors have added sugar if they have chocolate in them but um a lot of them you know look like they have a, a lot of uh you know sugar but when you actually read some of them have up to no added sugar it's all coming from dates so again just being able to decipher the difference yeah so could you discuss the health health consequences of excessive sugar consumption particularly added sugar uh yeah so one of the most obvious i would say is um increased risk for obesity or if not full-blown obesity just carrying around extra 
body fat that's really unhealthy, which is kind of the start and leads to a host of other issues um, that we see in our modern society today. So um, it's one of the greatest risks also for cardiovascular disease. Um, there's links between um, excessive added sugar consumption and high blood pressure. This one probably goes without saying, but diabetes. Um, and then also fatty liver disease. In addition to that, um, it's also been known to increase inflammation. And in our conversation, with, I think we did a whole podcast on inflammation, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so inflammation is linked to literally every known disease or health condition known to mankind, um, cancer, Alzheimer's, autoimmune diseases, and much more. So uh, quite honestly, um, I think you could say sugar is, uh, has, is linked to just about any health consequence you could name to me. Um, and then a side note here, um, Alzheimer's is actually, this is probably controversial in some medical communities, but it's actually been renamed by some as type three diabetes because the link between individuals with type two diabetes and Alzheimer's is so, so strong. So they're finding it to be like almost a form of diabetes. Yeah. The brain so. can't run off of glucose as well anymore. So it gets impaired how it um, digests it and use it for mental energy. That's yeah. Dr. Perlmutter who researched that a lot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, a couple other MDs that have two. I can't, that's the only one I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a few. And then a few books that have been um, done on the benefits of the ketogenic diet of like for like early stages of dementia or even full-blown Alzheimer's and how that can help with, um, I don't, I don't want to say it's going to be a cure for it, but how it no. can help mitigate some of the effects of it um, is pretty powerful. So I yeah. just know how bad sugar is for brain health. Yeah, the the brain runs off ketones. It's a different neurological pathway than carbs and glucose. Uh, the brain still needs some glucose, but it can produce its own in the absence of carbs. And then, from what I've heard, it can't like um, cure it, but it can stop it from progressing and getting worse. Yeah. So if you catch it early enough and you maintain it, it can keep it from advancing more um, than you already yeah. are. So, yeah. So how does high sugar intake relate to conditions like obesity, diabetes, and heart disease? So this, uh, this question kind of ties in with the last one, but I'll kind of, I kind of just rattled off some things it was connected to, but I'll kind of expand upon some of these processes in the body. So high amounts of sugar in the diet, like excessive amounts overload our liver and our liver converts that excess sugar into fat. So here we go. Fat doesn't make you fat. Sugar makes you fat. Um, but anyways, so over time, um, if we're, you know, day, we're not talking one day of, you know, eating some donuts and drinking some sugary drinks. I'm talking over time. And this is your regular, a regular part of your diet and you're consuming too much sugar. Your body can't, doesn't have processes to deal with that. So it turns into excess, excess body fat. So that's kind of the, the link with, you know, sugar and obesity, um, and then this is, you know, being obese is a major contributing factor to developing diabetes. Um, you can also get type two diabetes. I want to note without being obese as well. Um, it's not, sometimes we just think like, oh, well I'm healthy weight. Like I don't, I don't carry on excess body fat. Like I'll keep drinking my Mountain Dew that, you know, there's, 
it doesn't always show up as weight gain in all individuals because we're all very different in how we're predispositioned. But that doesn't mean that you have no risk for developing diabetes from consuming excess sugar. So I want to be kind of um, a little bit blunt on that. Um, also, when we consume too much added sugar, as I mentioned, um, it can cause elevated blood pressure and also lead to chronic inflammation in our body, which are both pathways to leading to heart disease. It's all it's all interconnected. But um, I'm trying to think if we if I can think of anything else. Um, over time, too, when we eat or drink too much sugar, it makes us feel feel more hungry too. Like we're not satisfied. We're not satiated. Um, and that is another way in which it just causes us to overconsume calories in the diet. Again, leading to obesity. It's just this big spiral all connected together. Um, a lot of times when you develop one thing, it leads to another thing. So yeah, there's new, more studies just came out looking at type two diabetics are really predisposed to heart disease now. Yeah. Because it's a chronic inflammation inflammatory state of the body which eventually can you know affect your heart valves and that's how it happens yeah so we're gonna start talking about artificial sweeteners now get off just the the normal sweeteners so what are artificial sweeteners and how do they differ from natural sugars in terms of composition and sweetness so artificial sweeteners are known also as like sugar substitutes. So they have way less sugar, actually many times no sugar or calories at all. Um, and they taste sweet like sugar, actually oftentimes way, way sweeter than sugar. Like I'm talking a thousand times sweeter than sugar. Um, but again, they don't provide any calories um, in the diet. Sounds great, right, Mike? Like let's just yeah. keep those, right? Yeah. You know? Um, not quite, but, um, so a lot of times we're going to find artificial sweeteners in products that are labeled as sugar-free or a lot of times like in your diet soda, um, you're going to find it. So anytime on a food label, if it says sugar-free, you should probably have your red flags on. We'll just put it that way. Um, that doesn't always, that doesn't always mean good. Um, there are many different types of artificial sweeteners and there's different names for them. Um, so first one is, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. A sulfame, a sulfame potassium. It's also known as a sulfame K. It can be labeled as either one. It's the same thing. Um, aspartame, which also is like those little packets you get that are labeled as equal. Um, if it's you know in a talking. lot of diet and zero calorie pops. Yeah, that's aspartame is a pretty common one. Um, yeah. Neotame is another one. Um, saccharin is another artificial sweetener. That's actually the little packets that say sweet and low on them. That's saccharin. Um, sucralose is another one. Um, Splenda is like one of the common names for that. I think that's one that people are pretty familiar with. Um, so those are the artificial ones. And then there's also, in terms of sugar substitutes, there's monk fruit and stevia. I don't really want to lump these in the same category as artificial sweeteners, but they are a sugar substitute. Um, however, um, monk fruit comes from, well, it comes from a melon, it comes from a fruit, okay? So naturally derived. And then stevia, which comes from a plant. So I wouldn't really call those artificial, but they can be a sugar substitute yeah and then are you oh, gonna sure. talk about sugar alcohols yes so there's i know xylitol is one of them erythritol is another there's one erythritol. 
They typically end in tall. Yes. T-O-L at the end. Yeah. Um, So those are some other um, sugar substitutes. So are there potential health concerns or benefits associated with artificial sweeteners? So, yes. (laughs) Should we just end it there? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes Um, and no. It's a double-edged sword question there, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's, it's tough to find, um, to find good research on the answer to this question, but um, to me, there are way more concerns out there than benefits with artificial sweeteners. Okay, so we'll just put it that way. Um, I'm not talking, you know, a tiny little amount here and there is going to kill you off or anything, and they, they may provide their role once in a while, but, um, you know, they're definitely, you definitely should pause on these and not just, you know, think because they don't have any calories or sugar in them, they're a great substitute. Um, I want to start with kind of some of the positives and some of the benefits. I do think not everyone, not every single one that I mentioned above has health consequences. So for example, I don't think there's anything wrong with consuming stevia in moderation. Do I believe there needs to be a little more research conducted on stevia? Absolutely. I wish there would be, but um, anytime something is not man-made in a factory and it comes from nature, I tend to be a little more open-minded towards it. Um, so I think stevia in small amounts to replace regular table sugar is, is a great idea. Um, monk fruit sweetener as well, um, I think is another one that can provide a good role um, in our diets. I wouldn't, I'm not saying it's like, you know, health food or anything by, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a nice alternative. Um, but then there have been you know, studies done that prove that we really should put our paws on the consumption of some of the artificial sweeteners, like I mentioned, such as aspartame and sucralose and that list of others I gave above. Um, the one reason that's, that's not controversial that we should be leery of these is because they can actually make us crave more sugar. Um, so that's something to just pay attention to in your body. Um, you know, you might think, well, I'm going to choose the diet Coke over the regular Coke because it doesn't have the sugar in it. It's still on our taste buds. It's going to elicit a response that's going to make us want more sugar because it's sweet, right? Same thing with any of the the diet or sugar-free counterparts. Um, It it confuses our brain. Um, It can actually make us feel hungry when we're really not too, um, much like sugar does in us and causes like the insulin spike and makes us want to eat more and all that good stuff. Artificial sweeteners can actually have that same impact and therefore can lead to weight gain and all the other health consequences like other regular sugar has. Um, Another thing that's being studied on some of these artificial sweeteners too is the impact it can have on our gut microbiome and gut health and how it can alter that because our body doesn't really break these down. So that'd be another thing that, um, you know, I would at least makes me put a pause on it. And then there have been some studies conducting linking some artificial sweetener use to increase cancer risk. Um, but personally myself, I stay clear of artificial sweeteners, um, because I just think there's way more risks than benefits to them. And I think we're better off just trying to come up with a strategy to reduce our overall sugar intake and eat a more clean whole foods diet. And therefore you're not even going to want the sweet stuff. I personally think anything with artificial sweeteners tastes 
incredibly sweet and I don't, I don't even have a palate for it. So, uh, but that's, you know, years of working towards cleaning up my diet and focusing on whole foods um, that can just naturally make that a little bit easier for you. So anyways, that's my long winded answer. I don't know if you have anything to, to lay in on that, but I'm, I'm clearly not a fan. So yeah, I mean, I don't really have a big issue if someone is healthy and consumes some of them. If they're unhealthy and that makes them hungry or want more stuff, um, like I can't really have an artificially sweetened beverage if I'm kind of hungry, because then it will make me hungry. But if I'm eating and happen to have one with it, I, I'm fine. It doesn't cause an issue with me. Right. But that's just me. And I also know like the aspartame studies with linking with cancer it's a really high dose you need over a prolonged period of time which is equivalent to like over a 12 pack a day of diet pop of cans yeah um which i don't i don't like diet pop that much once in a while maybe i also quit drinking years ago so sometimes if i'm somewhere and people are drinking and they don't have like club soda or stuff i get diet pop sometimes and it's like right. this is my only option <laughs> so you don't right. feel different but. but you're also a healthy individual who exercises prioritizes your health prioritizes a clean whole foods diet yeah. it's a very different conversation than somebody that's drinking a diet soda every day along with their mcdonald's you know yeah it's not the impact gonna... that those artificial sweeteners has along with the crap garbage food is a little bit different so yeah, yeah you're right and i would say a lot of um we talked about sugar alcohols a little bit, which are the xylitol, erythritol. A lot of those can cause a lot of GI distress in people, yeah. including me. I've had them in the past. Like a little bit is okay, but a lot like it. Yeah, it messes with my stomach. I would 100% agree on that. And Because they're made from a, they're like a derivative of a corn of sorts, but the way it doesn't inf uh, impact your blood sugar. It's, yeah. kind of, it's a yeah. different process, but. So what are some healthier alternatives to processed foods with added sugars? So um, I kind of, I kind of said like in the last question, eating a diet with less processed foods and whole foods in general over time will lead to less cravings and you aren't going to be needing to search for um, alternatives, if you will. Um, I know I find this with myself. I know I find this with clients I work with. Um, you just like a blueberry is a dessert after a while, after you eat really clean, um, like that blueberry is going to taste sweeter than if you're eating, um, or drinking a bunch of, um, sugar sweetened beverages or, um, treats, but, um, in, in the interim, better alternatives, this is going to be kind of boring for people, but fruit is actually a great substitute for desserts or anytime you're craving something sweet. Like I find after a meal, if I just like, you know, like you're just not quite satisfied, like it was great. Dinner was good, but I just, I need a little something more. If I just go get myself like a little, little cup of blueberries or fruit of some sorts, like kicks off any craving I had or thought I had of, you know, wanting that ice cream. Um, so that can be a really nice thing if you're experiencing a sweet tooth. Um, if you're someone who drinks a lot of sugar sweetened beverages, I know that is one of the top sources of added sugar in our diets. Um, so if you're drinking a lot of soda, um, juice or sports drinks, there are a lot of alternatives and better options out there. So I mean, there are countless brands of like sparkling water now. Okay. I'm talking like LaCroix water, bubbly, any, any of those are going to be a great option and alternative. If you're just looking for like that carbonation and 
something that's just a little more exciting than water. Um, I'm a big fan of those. Otherwise, if you're an avid soda drinker and wanting to cut that out, um, Zevia is a brand of um, soda that is using stevia to sweeten it. So a um, little better option there. Um, if you are a person that your morning cup of coffee is going through the drive through and getting a mocha or a latte, I highly encourage you to start making um, coffee at home where you can control what you're putting into it. Um, you know, maybe you put some sort of like unsweetened almond milk or coconut milk or a little heavy cream, and then you can add your own honey. It's still going to have far less sugar than going through the drive-through on your way to work. So that's another alternative um, and it's less processed. Another thing too, I know there's some big chocolate connoisseurs out there. Um, so dark chocolate, much better option. And the higher the percentage of cacao in it, there's like the relationship that sugar goes down. So as the cacao content goes up, sugar content goes down. So the higher you can tolerate and still enjoy, the better. And actually you'll find if you consume dark chocolate with a higher percentage, you're not going to eat as much because it's bitter. So yeah, um, it's very bitter. If you like coffee black, you'll like dark chocolate with cacao. Yes. Yeah. I actually find myself like if I buy like, like a chocolate bar that has like only 60%, which is fairly low. I can easily eat like half the bar is no problem. No problem for me. If I buy one that's like 85%, I eat a square of that. I, I don't want any more and I'm, I'm done and I'm satisfied. So there's a little hack to, <laughs> and plus then it's way less, way less sugar. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's kind of common processed foods. Like uh, if you start your day with cereal, I mean, I could give you a lot of um, better breakfast options than, than cereal, but if you're looking for like a comparable substitute, um, like a bowl of steel cut oats or oatmeal where you add in your own um, fruit and nuts and honey and all that to make it a little bit sweet, ditch the, the, I don't even know cereal anymore, Mike, because I don't eat cereal for breakfast. I'm an egg gal, so I don't. Tons of brands. The old ones are still there. Million choices, but they are all loaded with sugar. I just know that cereal is a top um, contributor of like processed and added sugars in the diet. So I wanted to mention that one. Yeah. And if you're going to make steel cut oats and fruit, it doesn't take that much longer than cereal. No. You no. can just microwave it. You don't have to do it on a stovetop. Um, you make it the day before. Yeah. yeah, I think those are good tips. I think the a lot of people, if you just, yeah, if you want something sweet after you eat, save your fruit for dessert because it's, yeah, sure, you can overeat fruit, but it's pretty dang hard. You get sick of it after a while. 100%. Yeah. Very few people have, have I met that are having health issues or weight issues because they're eating too much fruit. I'm telling you, it's other, yeah. it's other things going on. Yeah, they, add, they eat fruit, but then they eat, you know, a gallon of ice cream too. Right, right. So can you recommend strategies for reducing sugar intake while still enjoying sweet flavors in the diet? Well, we kind of talked about that a little bit, but I guess more yeah, ideas. We, yeah, we kind of did. I mean, the more processed foods we eat and the more added sugars, it just makes us crave more. So um, just trying to reduce your intake of like the processed foods, honestly, is the best best thing or making your own things at home. Even like if you're not ready to make all the changes to eating all whole foods, like I totally get that. But you know, if you're wanting cookies rather than going and buying a package of Oreo cookies from the store, like 
look up a recipe online, make it at home yourself. Um, you know, if you're, if you're craving your cookies and you have to have them because you can control then and cut down and reduce the amount of sugar. So you're way better off like making things yourself than buying the processed version. Cause it's going to, first of all, have more added sugar. It's going to have other ingredients that our body doesn't know what the heck they are. So I guess that would, that would be my big, you know, additional and as opposed to what we've already talked about, but strategy to help for reducing um, sugar intake. So do you have any other tips for deciphering food labels to make informed decisions about sugar content? I know we hit that a little bit earlier too, but. Yeah, but I kind of expand upon it. So um, my first strategy is flip, flip it over, whatever you're going to buy. Um, I always go to the ingredient list first. I think that can be more of a telling sign of whether it's a good choice or not. Um, because I'm a big fan of like understanding and eating real food. So if you don't know what ingredients are on that list, it's probably something you should just keep on the shelf. Um, otherwise, when in doubt, we already talked about this and you kind of hit on this, Mike, but um, under sugar, checking for that added sugar, that's going to be the big, big thing like on the nutrition facts that we want to be able to decipher and keep to a modest amount. But I, we already talked about that. So I won't drive that fact home anymore. If you're looking at a product with a label with sugar alcohols, that's usually where it's labeled as well. If you're yeah. curious, it'll say sugar alcohol and the total amount. But yeah, be wary of GI distress. Uh, I forewarn you from experience. <laughs> yeah. So there are, are there any specific guidelines or recommendations for sugar intake that people should be aware of? Like how much should we actually consume in a day? Yeah. So it's kind of recommended that um, there's different amounts for men and women. I, and I personally think that's just based upon body size. So these are general ballpark figures. Um, women to consume mo no more than 25 grams of added sugar in a day. Men to consume no more than 35 grams a day. Again, this is really based upon probably like the general weight of a female versus a male. Males tend to weigh more. But these are ballpark figures. And then kids, it's going to be much less than that because they weigh less. So not, not rocket science there. But so to put this in perspective, like one can, just like a small 12-ounce can of Coca-Cola, has 40 grams of sugar. So one can of soda is already putting you over the recommended dietary daily allowance of sugar. Um, we're actually consuming as Americans um, – closer to 75 grams each day on average. So I kind of touched on that when we opened this up, but way more. Um, and kids are like 60 to 70 grams um, easily each day. And they're tiny little humans. Um, so that's even having a worse impact on them. So yes, there are specific guidelines and we are eating or eating and drinking way too much of it. Yeah. And most of the time when you cut back on the amount of sugar you have, no matter where you're at before, you typically start to feel better because your blood sugars will start to stabilize more. You won't have as much up and down energy sways. Because often sugar gives you that quick boost of energy. And then depending on your body, one hour, two hours later, you can start coming down off that. And that's when you start needing to nap and you feel lethargic. Yes. Which is not a great feeling. No, no. <laughs> So what do you see emerging trends in sugar consumption and sweeteners, both natural and artificial? Um, I, you know, in the nutrition world, like I feel like people are more aware now 
than even like 10 years ago. Um, I'm not saying that's making it, you know, causing less problems, but there is more awareness around it. So on a positive note, because I feel like we've been kind of negative. I think that's great. Um, there's a lot of food manufacturers and like companies coming out with better products. So I, I think there's, there's movement in the right direction because we have knowledge, but Knowledge doesn't always equate to action, unfortunately, because um, we're still seeing these excess amounts. But um, I do like when I go to the grocery store, seeing like a lot of better um, options that do exist. But we got a long ways to go. That's for sure. And we're fighting against the food industry. So we need to just be informed because, as we mentioned, sugar is addictive and they want us to eat their food. Right. Because we'll buy more of it. So we have to be super leery and aware. Yeah, and one thing we forgot to mention earlier is a lot of the artificial sweeteners, they may not have any calories, but like sugar, they don't really have much nutritional value either. Right. Unlike fruit, you know, and honey actually have some nutritional value. There's right. nothing in those. I mean, yeah, it tastes good. At least you're not getting calories. And if you're eating other good foods, it's fine. But, I mean, there's no nutritional value to any of these. No, so they, don't, they don't provide a need. Like, we, we have no no need at all in our diet for artificial or regular sugar because you're not getting anything out of it. No, you're getting a dopamine release, <laughs> which is a feel-good hormone, but... <laughs> Go exercise. <laughs> you can get dopamine release from exercise, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. And not as fun, but yeah. There's lots of other dopamine release sensors, but we're not talking about dopamine today. No, no. All right. So last question, as a nutritionist, you, not me, uh, what advice would you give to someone looking to make positive changes in their sugar intake and overall diet? So first of all, I want people to understand like sugar is a drug. It's addictive. Okay. So don't beat yourself up and don't try to take it all out and change everything at one time because it's almost, it's almost worse than, than like some drugs because it's so normalized and it is everywhere. Like you can't go to a store without it being right at the, the checkout. Like it's literally, it's everywhere. Um, and it's so normalized, but yet it's just as addictive as many street drugs out there. So, um, be a little bit gentle with yourself and realize like change is hard. So I'm a big fan of starting small and not like cutting everything out cold Turkey well, you might be able to do that. It's probably not going to be long lasting and long term. So if you're currently drinking five cans of soda a day on top of other sweet treats and packaged snacks, um, maybe you, you start small and just say like, I'm going to cut out one of these cans of soda a day and replace it with some LaCroix water, you know, just start with one, get that habit to stick. And then after a couple of weeks, you know, take out another one, or maybe it's something else. So starting small rather than cutting everything out all at once is going to be a better long-term strategy um, instead of just a quick fix. Um, and I think too, to mention here is knowledge is super important to change. I think keep in continuing to educate yourself beyond just listening to this podcast on, on sugar, like read up on it. Um, I think the more we understand just how bad excess sugar is for us, I think it becomes easier to say no to it. I mean, I take myself for an example. I My full-time job for the better part of the last 10 to 15 years has been in the health and wellness industry in some way, shape, or form. So I am literally surrounding myself with it. I'm reading up on it all the time. Um, 
usually people I talk to that, you know, it's part of conversations. So for me, it's just, it's so ingrained at me. And I just know, like, I understand how bad it is for me. Therefore it's easier to say no to. So I think knowledge can be super powerful when it comes to um, trying to get rid of um, the excess sugar before, like it, gets out of control and you develop one of these diseases, like I talked about in the beginning, don't wait for that to happen. Um, because it's, it's probably inevitable if you're consuming way too much year, year after year. Yeah. I mean, it, you kind of hit on the head. It's most sugar, most processed foods are man-made concoctions. They're not real food. And a lot of people don't understand that. You ask them what they eat and they see a granola bar. I'm like, that's not really food. It's a bunch of stuff thrown together. Right. And food manufacturers are like, and that makes me even more angry and not wanting to buy products because they're really smart in how they formulate things to make us want more and make them addictive. Um, which is another reason number 550, why I'm such an advocate of just eating whole, real unprocessed foods. Um, cause I don't like to support those companies that are trying, trying to manipulate my taste buds. So, yeah. um, when I was a kid, my favorite French fries were McDonald's French fries. It's because they had sugar to them. <laughs> There's sugar on their French fries. You can look it up. I didn't make that up. Yeah, but, uh, it's not. It's not just potatoes, oil, and salt. There's there's a whole list of ingredients. Yeah, there's more stuff in there. Yeah. All right. Well, did I miss anything? I don't think so. All right. Well, I hope our listeners enjoyed this, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you again after your uh, your next child is coming. For those listeners, Jordan is due in a month now, isn't it? I get about a month. Yep. Do you know what you're having? Having an, a second boy. Oh, boy's ruling the house. Huh? You're outnumbered. Uh, yep. I'm done for now. I have a male <laughs> dog, too. So I'm really, really, really outnumbered around here. Uh, well, good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>